You guys may or may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Koningsberg experience a pretty rough hangover experience after the Broncos draft party and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, this video is worth checking out on Facebook at DNVR Broncos. Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue, and I mean they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app, request a skilled IV drip therapist, sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 and save 20% off your first IV drip. Visit VitaMobileIV.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's HYD20 to save 20%. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. It's Friday and it's a happy Friday because the Avs took down the Calgary Flames 5-3 in their opener last night. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley and we are jumping right into what went down in this game. AJ, that Avs offense could have scored 10 goals in that game. It probably should have. Right. I mean, They hit four posts. Real talk, man. Then... The play that I wish had been a goal so badly had been the one where they lost the faceoff and ranted and darted down low and stole the puck and then threw it behind him blindly to McKinnon. And Riddick didn't see the didn't see it at all and just was like, yep. oh, there's a puck right here. <laughs> and it was like, come on. Yeah. McKinnon's shot went off his shoulder, off the post, yeah. and then fell right into his lap. Right. And then he and that's when he realized it. He was like, oh, oh, oh. Yep. Yeah, I uh watching it unfold, I was sitting next to a, a scout from the Penguins, and I turned to him and we shared expletive filled joy at watching the brilliance of the play by Rantan in to set the whole thing up. Yeah. That guy is just filthy behind the net, man, whether it's that no look behind the back or saucing it out front. I mean, just so many, so many areas where he was so good last night where it was just like never playing again in the preseason. <laughs> Don't even bother. Yeah, and we talked to him about it afterward. He was it was hilarious. You can go listen to it on our locker room audio. But he was like. They'll fire me if I do that. I'm like, yeah, I bet they will. They're going to fire you out now. <laughs> hey, I mean, Colin Wilson did it this year. Granted, he was scratched for game one. Yeah, but. exactly. See? No, it was, um, honestly, it, they were they were very good offensively last night. And it wasn't just that top line. 
you know, they were not like so dominant on one line and then just waiting for them to come back out on the ice, you know? Yeah, it was, you even got Burakovsky. Well, really it was Don Skoy who scored the goal officially, but Burakovsky helped set up the Avs first goal Mm -hmm. of the year on the second power play unit. And good way to start, given that the first power play unit looked stupid deadly for most of the game. Yeah, and this was this was why like we were we were keeping an eye on how long they were gonna go in the preseason without scoring and like what it you know, when was this gonna turn into a thing? And then we also kept adding in the caveat, hey, their top unit, their true top unit has never played together. Like right. Just hang on. And then they got out there and they, I mean, they could have scored four power play goals last night. Yeah. It turns out you drop Ranson and into that thing and pucks get shot through the slot for redirects constantly. <laughs> right. It. I mean, and I, Landis Gog had multiple uh, tips that just missed. Uh, Ranson in to a McKinnon feed on the back door uh, where it was just a timing play. He just, he just whiffed on it. But totally empty. Nobody was covering him. They had it. They showed last night like this. This could be a special unit. Uh, still, still having some issues with the zone entries, especially the second unit, uh, which is using the same drop pass as the first unit. Uh, but JT Comfer is not Nathan McKinnon. He sure isn't. And it shows, like, I mean, it shows them everywhere, right? I mean, come on. Nathan McKinnon's one of the three best players on the planet. But Comfort trying to get into the zone in the same fashion that McKinnon does, the big thing is that the opposing team doesn't respect it. Yeah. They're not, they're not. Backing off and yeah, giving it a bit. They're not caring one damn bit that that's, that that's happening, that. JT Converse trying to make them decide, oh, are you going to let me zoom right past you? Or are you going to like, how are you going to, how are you going to do this? Right. They're like, well, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to stand at the blue line and force you to make a, a brilliant play until you prove that you can do it. And they struggled with that last night. So they might, they might want to adjust to that a little bit, but I mean, we're talking like that's small potatoes. Yeah, for sure. Even I thought Comfer had a very strong game, obviously scoring the goal, but played really solid defensively as well. He was so good defensively. Like, we've always talked about, like, he's a little overrated by fans defensively. But last last night's performance, like, if that's going to be more of a normal thing, he will absolutely live up to that reputation. For sure. It was really impressive last night. The the two way game and it sucked the uh the power play goal that they gave up this he did all that work on the five on three to kill off the last few seconds of it. Yeah. And then Graves and EJ get their wires crossed yeah, and that guy steps back, back on the, the ice and you're like, Come on. Yep. So really I liked JT Comfort a lot last night. The goal was like, it's all Matt Calvert, baby. Yeah, I mean, that pass was deflected. 
but sure. I mean, pass going through the slot got got to this man. That's true. That's true. It made it through. You know, getting it through traffic and getting it to the guy who had the wide open net. And from our angle where we were sitting in the press box, it didn't look like it went in. And so there was a bunch of confusion and like the flame staff was like, they like jumped up and they were like, it didn't go in. And then they show the replay where it very clearly goes in. And they were like, oh yeah. Okay. I can't imagine they were particularly happy about Rantanen's first goal either. When Landis got clearly played it over his head, but that's, that was wild. I, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, it was a great individual play. No, yeah, uh, clearly great hands from Landeskog, but also very, very not allowed. Right, and I was like, and everybody in the building was so nonchalant about it that I was like, "Am I missing something? Is there some? Is there something in the rule book that's that's different? You know, like like there's like that." You know, hand passes aren't allowed either unless you're in the defensive zone, right? Yep. And so I was like, okay, well, what about, you know, I, so I looked up the specifics of a high sticking the puck and all it said was above the shoulder is illegal. And I was like, okay, well, that's what I thought. So why doesn't this get called? And I asked a few people and they were like, we all thought it should have been called. And I was like, okay. <laughs> And I, uh, uh, I took, I, I had a, I paused it on the replay. I used, I used your tweet with the, with the video and I, and I paused the exact moment where he hit it and I was like, okay, well maybe it wasn't as above the shoulder as I thought. Let's go and look at it. And it's like above his head. He's looking yeah, up at it. <laughs> yeah. It's not good. And I was like, dude, this is a super obvious high stick. What are these guys getting paid for? And then, you know, they started calling ticky-tack penalties on both teams left and right. And you're like, oh, I get it. It was a weirdly refed game, Dude, put it that way. Uh, it felt like it was like the, the third period was the only time uh, that we really got to see like extended five on five because we would get, you know, I mean, 10 seconds into the game penalty. Yep. And that just sort of set the tone for the night. And of course, now looking at now looking at who was roughing the game last night, I should have known. I should should not have been surprised at the oddness of the officiating with uh, a Francis Sharon game. So, shout out scouting the refs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I can drink to the fact that the Avs got a call or two going in their direction in this game. So it's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Tomorrow is their 29th birthday. They're having a big bash, all sorts of exciting stuff. They got two stages for bands. They're doing a bunch of games and stuff. They're just going to have a party all day long. You can go out, you can drink Breck beer with them. They're calling it the Hoot Nanny. You can find out more info at breckbrew.com slash Hoot Nanny. Their leading band is the Disco Biscuits. I don't even know who they are. I'm not going to lie, but they sound like they have a cool name, as AJ has pointed out many times. So just for the name alone, maybe go check them out. Highly recommend it. 
easy Saturday to, to hang out and do that. And then later on next week, hopefully, uh, I guess it's two weeks away. Our, our first one's on the 18th, the Avs watch party. Um, I believe tentatively. Yes. Yeah. Depending on altitude, cough, cough. Right. Depending on the ability for us to see it. But either way, whether it's an Avs one, a Nuggets one, or even a Broncos one, we'll have watch parties with Breck Brew at them. I mean, highly recommend it. No better watch party to get drunk at than a Broncos one. Very true. Very true. Have more than a few Breck Brews at the Broncos watch party for sure. You can find it on thednvr.com. RSVP, come out, have a few beers with us. Another thing that makes me want to drink was Jonas Donskoy twice for good reasons. Yeah. And once for not as good reasons, the hat trick as Evan told me after the game. And I just yeah. looked at him and was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, Oh, well they, they scored. He scored on his own net. And I was like, right, 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 right. He scored on three different goalies too, technically his own, his opponents and none. Yeah. True that. So, it was a good night for Donskoy, is what we're saying. Yes, that is what we're getting at here. And and he just about scored another one very early in the game. But David Riddish made a scorpion save on him. I mean, let's be real. Newcomers last night, pretty good nights. Yeah. I, the worst of them was probably Belmar. I would say Belmar and Timmons. Yeah, and I wasn't even really counting Timmons. Timmons is like... The whole game was played at freaking special teams. Like, he only got more, like, he had like 30 seconds of uh, PK time. And then otherwise, was an even strength guy. I I mean, look, I actually enjoyed Timmons' game quite a bit because he stuck to what he said. Like, he wasn't afraid to make that move through the neutral zone. Yeah. Yeah. For game one, you know, I'm not expecting a ton out of the no, kid. No, I'm just I I liked the new guys a lot, and he was the only and like <clears throat> obviously <clears throat> Jesus, I cannot breathe today. He was the only I mean, he's a rookie playing his first NHL game. Like you have a very different level of expectation from him than you yes, do Nazem yes. Kadri. <laughs> right. Who was everything I expected? That guy's awesome. Yeah, Kadri was fun to watch. I liked all of them except Belmar. I would agree. I, I mean, Nachushkin was great last night. Uh, Burakovsky was dangerous. Uh, he made a couple of really nice plays that I really liked. I was very happy with Burakovsky compared to uh, what I saw in the preseason where there was a lot of laziness and there was a lot of soft play on the puck along the wall. Uh, I liked I liked a lot, way more of what I saw from Burakovsky last night. And uh, I think, I think it got lost a little bit because Donskoy was dope. Uh, Kadri could have had four points last night, like missing the open net uh, as he was falling down. And then that insane pass to Joe's to create that, like the world's shortest breakaway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. From, from the hash yeah, marks to the goal. Exactly. Breakaway. <laughs> the, the half a stride he was by, he was in alone. And had and had to like try to try to make a move. Yeah, it yep. was it was something, man. I was 
Uh, and then, I mean, Nachushkin, what a beast. I, I'm, and I didn't, a lot of people were like, look at him doing the, doing work in front of the net. I'm like, he's standing there, you know, like he's doing exactly what he's supposed to. He's big, He put his butt in the goalie's face. And that was what he needed to do. And that's great. That I didn't care so much about that. Anybody can do that. I really liked uh, the physicality along the wall. I liked that he was just beast moding dudes when they were trying to get pucks, and he was like, "Nah, sorry, dog. Like, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna break you if you try and take this puck away." And he he came out of puck battles along the walls with the puck way more often than not, and I really liked that part of his game. I really didn't like him in the center of the ice. Uh, very, very soft, very floaty, very reachy. You know, he, instead of, instead of running into somebody and putting a charge into a dude, he's, he stopped moving his feet and he was reaching for pucks and he was, I don't like that. And it was ineffective. He gets hemmed into his own zone because of that and don't want to do that, but that's like, okay. So we learned Val Nachushkin's not a center. Wow. Maybe that's why he's hard winger. Maybe that's why the guy's played wing his whole life, you know? So, it, and, and that's like, that's like a, if you're in that situation, you got way more problems than Val Nachushkin in center of the ice. Like your, your whole, everything is broken down and you're just trying to survive. So not a big deal there. Nachushkin was really, really good. Um, Donskoy was everything that we saw in the preseason and except with goals, right? Like he scored. Yeah. He actually scored. Right. You know, again, Burkowski really liked what he did. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was a lot of solid process uh, and fired a couple of dangerous shots on net early. And I was like, yeah, that's my guy. That's what I want. And just kind of it seemed it seemed like it was easy for him. Like, hey, this is this is very simple for you. Go and do this. And then um, Belmar, bad penalty. Can't do that. Didn't like that. Um, also thought it was a lot of the, a lot of the penalties on both sides last night. I thought were real soft. Yeah, and then they add in random penalties for getting punched in the oh face. Oh my gosh, man! What the f- what was that? I was so confused because when he boarded that guy, quote unquote, boarded that guy when that when that guy turns into the boards as Zadorov is hitting him. Uh, I looked and everybody on the ice stopped because everybody was like, oh, that's he's going to get a boarding penalty. And I looked at both officials and neither one of them was doing anything. They, right. The penalty wasn't a thing until Lucic came right. over and punched and, him. Well, and then Lucic grabs him and he's like, I want to eat your face. And Zadorov is looking at the ref like, are you cool with him eating my face? And... Then Lucic is like, give me that face. And then he just starts grabbing at it with his glove. And then he punches him in the face. And you're like, and he's like, okay, well, now I've got to respond. Yep. And like, so he like tries to, like, he does like the, like when a a batter charges the pitcher and he like goes like into the midsection because he can't fight. And like, so, and we've seen Zadorov can throw him. So I don't know why he didn't just do that, but he like grabbed him like he like dove into the middle of his body and was like what's going on not doing this today right. and and then they break it up and they're like five minutes for fighting and you're like what yeah, no dude not- i don't know it was so stupid and it, it was very strange 
And like by by their own admission, the hit was illegal until they had to call something on Zadorov too to even it up. Right. And it was like, why? He didn't do anything illegally. I I don't know. It was that whole situation was silly. Um I doubt I doubt uh Dops does anything about Lucic. Kachuk, they need to look at. Yeah, that hit to Rantanen was was dicey, but we can get into that in the second segment here as we've got a long first segment. And once you get done pre-gaming at Breck Brew, you can head on over to Infinity Park the same day to check out the International Women's Rugby Sevens. Also, you get to eat delicious international food and have incredible bands there as well. Infinity Park is the only U.S. stop for this rugby series, and you have teams from around the world, New Zealand, England, Ireland, Russia, Fiji, Australia, Spain, a bunch more as well, and it's a crucial series for the athletes as they get ready for the 2020 Olympics. Guys, Rugby Sevens is a physically demanding game of speed, endurance, and intensity with some of the world's most talented athletes. If you're a sports fan of any kind, you will be blown away and highly entertained watching these women compete. What's even better is you can enjoy this with the entire family for an incredible price. Adult passes are only $20, and you'll get another $5 off when you use code BSN5. Kids 12 and under are $10, and 3 and under are free for the entire weekend. Visit Infinity Park at Glendale.com for all your information and grab tickets. It's Infinity Park at Glendale.com. So your whole Saturday already planned out. You have Breck Brew in the morning, Infinity Park in the afternoon, Avs in the evening. Boom, bang, pow. We'll be back in a second. Second segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products there and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Plus, you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right. Matt Kachuk. We know he's a pest. We know he does that kind of thing. Hits Rantanen in the head after there's already a penalty on the play. Not only does he not get any hearing by the looks of it, he doesn't even get a penalty. He was just mad because Kale McCarr blew him up on the other end yeah, of the ice. right. 15 seconds before. Yeah. You can't get blown up by a dude who's not six feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> Just one of those rules, you know? That's just the rules, huh? Well, I guess Matt Kachuk yeah, banned then. He broke the rules. Well, and that's why he went after a big guy. Fair. Of course, when you go after a big guy, you got to kind of jump into him. <laughs> which I mean, you don't have to. He did. And got him in the head. So, I don't know, man. I To me, I thought it was pretty clearly illegal. I thought, I thought it was illegal live. I thought it was illegal on the replay. I went back and watched it, and I do think it's illegal. I don't think it's as bad as it initially looked, though. I think I think anytime you hit a dude in the head, and the head is the like the meat of where you hit him. Yeah, and I like, mean that's where the impact goes. I don't really care what you do it with. 
you're not wrong, uh, but it does look like he kind of caught the top of the shoulder and then and missed and, and end up hitting him in the head. So it wasn't like targeting per se, but you still just can't hit a dude in the head. Right. And that was my, that was where I was like, this is illegal. Yeah, like, for sure. You're not supposed to do this. This is the hit that they're trying to take out of the game. Like, are, they, are they trying to take it out or not? And, you know, game one, and we're already dealing with the, uh, the, the, the inevitable inconsistency that we will see all year from player discipline and, and officiating and dops and all that. I mean, that's just part of the game now. So I am, I don't want to just continue to get like super about stuff like that because I just, we're not going to change anything being mad about it, you know? No, that's definitely fair. The takeaway is Matt Kachuk is a dirty nerd and should be ignored at all times. Yeah, like Matt Matt Kachuk is who we thought we is who we thought he was. Yeah, you know, and okay, cool like, story, Calgary. Yeah, like he's he sucks. Like he's a great great talent and a very very high skill player, but like the dude sucks. Like his decision making and how he. His respect for anybody else on on the ice, it sucks. Yeah. It's not not a fun time to play against a guy like that. It's I mean, like, hey, you want guys who are miserable to play against, but you want a guy that has at least the the line in mind when he's on the ice. Right. And it just doesn't seem it's to be not that way. there yeah it's just not well it, it's hard to pull many negatives out of this game and even this one i don't think is really a negative but philip grubauer two very shaky periods you know i felt frustrated with grubauer after the third goal because i looked up and was like dude three goals on 14 shots what the hell it yeah I I felt that way too but you look at it and you're like two of those goals were unstoppable exactly and you're like look dude it, like there's nothing you can your guy scores on you in the first goal and even if it had that been the other guy's stick like that's a that's the play that you've been using in video games your whole life. Right, exactly. Like, that's like that's one of the... Uh, it does not get higher danger than standing in front of the goalie. Especially in transition. Right, with a puck crossing the crease. Like, <laughs> it's, you're right, not like, going to stop it. It's... it's you, you get into a position and you hope that thing hits you. And if it does... Great save. If it doesn't, not much you could have done. There's no reaction there. It's purely a positioning save. And I I mean, I'm not in the second goal. The dude's on the back door by himself. And you're always like every team is trying to set that up. The ab set that exact goal up. uh, But McKinnon and and Rantanen just couldn't quite find the hook up there. Right. Like, that's one of the things that you're trying to do. It It is. And I think the Grubauer concern would be more significant if he didn't play so well in the third period, because he 
straight up earned the win in that well, third period and for me. That was where it was like, okay, like the third goal, you could argue, hey, the third goal, he maybe should have stopped or he should have had a better effort on it or whatever. Regardless, you have Mark Giordano walking in four seconds completely by himself. Yeah. Nobody, nobody tries to block the shot. Nobody steps out. Nobody challenges him. Nobody does anything. It was a total breakdown of the entire system in front of him to begin with. And then he gets beat cleanly, and you're like, okay, that's frustrating. He's given up three goals on 14 shots. He's playing like garbage. And then it's like, you know, and then you look at the first two, and you're like, okay, so he's really given up, like, one goal where he could have done something about it. And then had a great third period. I, you know, I'm... My initial reaction to that third goal was this was my fear with Grubauer. And then the more I sat with it and the more I was like, I went back and I looked at the goals and was like, uh, I can't really get on him. And I wasn't the only one, you know, there were people in the press box after the second period who every single person they tried to talk to, they just wanted to talk to, uh, talk about Grubauer being shaky. I, I do think there's some validity to it, though, not because of the goals, but because of his saves. The rebound control was dicey. He was I, giving up juicy ones. I think it's certainly fair to say his play in the third period was superior to the first two. Yeah, by a long shot. And and I mean, like, great stop on the breakaway after the McCarr giveaway um, was just rock solid. I mean, locked it down. Yeah, for sure. And... Uh, Hey, you know, they're, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to judge a goaltender with a game like that. It was such a weird game that maybe we just say, wow, that was really weird and move on. Yeah, I, that's ultimately what it is. I, I'm not going to think too much about it, but, you know, maybe file it away in the back of your mind depending on the rest of this homestand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, if we get three games, three three more games here into this, you know, before they go on the road and Grubauer is continuing to put up the shakiness, like it's going to become way more of a talking point. Right. You know, exactly. if, he come, if he comes out and he, he gives up one or two on Saturday night and looks great against Minnesota, you know, we're not talking about opening night anymore. Very so. true. You know, it's it's just one of those. It is, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's. I'm I'm always uncomfortable getting into goaltenders for this reason, because they're so weird and everything that they do is foreign to me, and they have a really hard and unique job. <laughs> Very true, but we can we can transition away. Big Moose. Great or greatest Avs nickname? It's amazing. <laughs> All right. I'll go ahead and, and put you down for greatest. Yeah. I, you know, we just, uh, you know, Eric with D-Line Co. Uh, yeah. just, just quote tweeted a moose in a pool. Yeah. Having a soak after yeah, a two-goal game. Yeah, he said nice soak after a solid first game. <laughs> And it's just all the moose jokes are amazing. And honestly, we need to get to work on a big moose t-shirt. For real. It we needs need, to happen. There needs to be something 
Miko the Moose has to happen. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should we should have a webcomic. I'm not a good enough at drawing to do that. Yeah, <laughs> but we it need to get like a great idea. We need to get Eric on. We need to get him on here for a web comic. Like there we go, the DNVR Avs web series comic or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that'd the be moose, a, that'd be the amazing. Viking and the McKinnon. Yeah. Oh my God! Like the shenanigans. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that they could they could get into. We could have them be like like little kids. Absolutely, all like, sorts of hijinks going on with that. Right, like a like a way more adorable version of South Park, way less offensive version of South Park. I feel like you're just kind of describing Ed, Ed and Eddie at this point. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't want to touch that one for very specific <laughs> reasons. I'll let that one be, but going to say not too inaccurate, actually. <laughs> okay well we're we're off the rails here so we'll get out of out of segment two and get to some of your questions in segment three but first clearly big moose is a game-changing nickname so we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee as well strava craft is the cbd coffee that everyone is talking about at this point i'm sure you've already checked out their reviews but if you haven't they are absolutely fantastic highly recommend it the cbd infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines back pain arthritis ibs helped decrease anxiety you name it is basically done it cbd is all natural and not psychoactive the coffee is rich and tasty and we really couldn't recommend it more as strava says Drink deeply, live fully. You can check it out for yourself today and get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. And you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Third and final segment of this week-ending DNVR Avalanche podcast with Nathan and AJ. We've talked about game one. Now it's time to answer a few of your questions as well. Something that we would like to do every Friday, but with Thursday games, we figured... We'll dedicate a segment to it. Right. At least get what we can. And we, and it doesn't even have to be a Friday thing only. If you guys have questions, feel free to, to comment on the podcasts on the DNVR.com. Mm-hmm. And we'll try and get to at least some of them every day if we can. Yeah, definitely. I mean, really, we'd get to all of them until it got to like a breaking point where we're just spending all show answering questions. Right. Exactly. <laughs> There's a so, limit, but. Right, but we're not a new, I mean, right now, any any questions, any comments that you guys want to leave on the site, definitely do that. We'll uh, read the question and uh, on the air, and happy to do that every episode if you guys have questions. You know, I mean, these, as much as this is us doing this every day, these shows are your shows. Yep. So if there's something on your mind, something that you want you want us to talk about, uh, all you got to do is just subscribe to to the site and Leave a comment on on the podcast post, and we'll get to it. Exactly. For today's show, we're starting off with a question coming from Cole. He asks, what is Bednar's biggest challenge when it comes to usage and time on ice for the defense? Resisting temptation? I like that answer a lot. I would say it... it it's a safe bet to say Graves was probably the weakest of the 6D 
Man, I really didn't like his game. So how quickly does the default back to Barb's happen there? Or do we see someone like Rosen coming up? I don't think you can call up Rosen and play him before you give Barb's a look. Yeah, you think Barb's will get that shot? a really iffy message to send. It's a very mixed message to send. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And, you know, you, it's, oh, you just, it's about playing your best lineup. And I would agree with that, but there's a way to do it. Uh, You have to handle things like professionals. You have to be respectful of guys. Because if you were if you were to call up if you were to do it now, call up Rosen, drop him into the lineup, uh, and you know, uh, I guess wave graves. I guess in this case, that's what we would try to. That's that's what would happen more or yeah. less. Yeah. And then don't play barbs at all. You know, then what is that guy working every day for? You know, what is what is that guy putting in the work to? to be ready if people are just going to jump him like that on the one hand. Yes. On the other hand, maybe the situation is already clear that Rosen is ahead on that depth chart, but he's just not waiver eligible. And you know, if they've had that conversation with him and say, Hey, this is where, this is where things are. Um, then. Okay. Like, a little bit more reasonable. It is as long as as long as you're being up upfront with him and you're being real with him and and you're being respectful. Yeah. Um, because that's a long time NHL veteran. That's a guy that's now in his what third year with you. So you know you need to you need to show a proper amount of respect to those guys. You know you don't you don't just treat them that way. Um, and especially early in the season, that's a great way to get a guy to quit on you. True. You know, and and then you're going to need that guy at some point. You know, Somebody's getting hurt eventually, you know, to the point where you're going to need that guy. And so you can't you can't you can't treat you like that. Honestly, um, I would say I I mean, I'm, I would give more graves, certainly more leash than yeah. one game. Right. Um, I, I'm not expecting the immediate swap out. He there. wasn't so terrible. Uh, but if I, I think the, the communication breakdown on the PK was probably the worst part of his game last night where he and EJ like ran into each other. And I don't and I don't know why that was not knowing, you know, exactly where they were supposed to be and what they were supposed to be doing in that situation. I don't know why they would have run into each other, why they get their wires crossed, but I do, I do know that inexperience playing together uh, and inexperience on the PK in general from graves is a big role. And it played a big role in that mix up. Sure. And it's fixable, but you have to, you know, you have to be committed to those guys playing on the PK quite a bit together uh, in in games, because even in practices, you know, that's not something that you're going to simulate. It's not the same at all. Yeah, right. Of Especially because, you know, the power play system. Right. You're cheating big time. <laughs> yeah. And so you kind of know you have a, you have you inherently it's it's like playing split screen in a video game. Right. You know, like you're you're looking at your screen, but you also know what's going on on the other one. 
one hundred percent. You know, you're running around in FPS. You're not going to sneak up on each other because you guys are playing split screen. <laughs> you know, like the old, the old double, the old golden eye. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. You can't, you can't plant those proximity mines on the on the walls. I know that that thing is there. I'm not walking around that corner. <laughs> I don't care if you're going to sit there and camp in that one spot the whole game. I'll find you. Real men but, play slappers only anyway. But uh, well, as long as no odd job. Because well, yeah, obviously that's cheating, <laughs> but yeah, um, that's, that's kind of what it was like, man, is, uh, the, the, they just, you know, they, they need to, they need to get the improve the communication and really Graves, I think just didn't have a great game. We, we've seen a lot better from him. I agree. Sticking in the same vein of respecting veterans, Jackie asks, where does Wilson fit on this team? And is an injury the only realistic path to him getting back in the lineup, especially given how strong Nachushkin looked? You know, tough question after the first game because they all look so good. Right. Um, you know, Matt Nieto, I thought was really, really all over the place last night. Yep. And uh, that's they're competing be, for the same kind of spot there. Right. Like Nieto and Nachushkin uh, are, are the two guys that I think are the most vulnerable uh, to a Colin Wilson. Um, on the extreme, maybe a Jost or a Burakovsky if they go two or three games and and oh, something really, really, really bad. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they're they're in a really deep rut. And maybe they just need a night off as a refresher. Uh, you know, the answer about the injury is definitely no. Yeah. Um, fourth line guys are fourth line guys for a reason. They get rotated in and out. Um, if the Avs get what they got out of Nichushkin last night, like the majority of nights, they're going to be laughing all the way to the bank. Right. For sure. Like, yeah. He's a huge steal at that point. Um, but realistically, like, you know, that if that guy, if that guy was giving that every single night, you know, he would still be in Dallas. Yeah. Kind of. You mentioned Jost's multiple people are asking about him. He was the lowest forward on the poll for TOI. Didn't play on the power play at all. It was a weird game with a lot of power play time, as you mentioned is that cause for concern at all, or I don't think it is. Uh, they, I mean, he played eleven thirty last night, which that might be lower than all the other forwards, but it's all it's pure even strength time. And like, and for example, you know, going Nichushkin only played like seven something of even strength time. Yep. So um, it was really just the special teams, and everybody got special teams time by him. Right. It, that he did not play any special teams, which, oh, I mean, that also says something as well. It's just a matter of what they're comfortable with on that second power play unit. Well, and and, and I understand uh, if he's if if the the role that he looks would be filling on the second power play unit is the one that Nachushkin was filling, you'd rather have Nachushkin there. He's six foot four. He got a big old wide butt to put right in a goalie's face. Tyson Very just true. doesn't have that. You know, like, like that's, and so that's, I view those two guys as interchangeable based on what they're trying to do with them on, on the, on the units. Yeah. And 
Uh, if Duchushkin's out there, then that's what he's going to do. He's going to stand in front of the goalie. He's going to put a big old button in the guy's face. You know, and if Jost is out there, you expected that he's going to try to make a different kind of play than Duchushkin will. And to get back to the original question, um, Wilson is a guy that, you know, can slot in if for either one of those guys or for a Nieto. I mean, you throw Wilson onto that line with Donskoy and Comfort, and I seriously, like... Scary stuff. I, I think that that's got the potential to be a puck possession monster. And as much as I loved Matt Nieto's game last night, like, puck possession, extended puck possession, just isn't really what he does. Right. You know, he's a very disruptive defensive player, and it does not translate very well to the offensive side. Um, so, and that's, that, that was the reason why I said that he and Nichushkin should be swapped third and fourth is you want to raise that profile of the, the third line a little bit. Um, and, and even with Nichushkin looking as good as he did last night, most of it wasn't most of the things where you were like, of the, most of the plays that I, I really liked, from him weren't really when he was out there on that fourth line. I think he's still misfit there. Certainly if, if he's looking to be a long-term staple, I don't think that's where he ends up. Yeah. Uh, and Wilson, he's, he's got to wait for the first downturn and play from somebody else for probably for right now. And then he'll, you know, he, he could get in. You can't, uh, after last night's performance, you can't really tweak that lineup too much. For sure. When you're threatening as many goals as that, you look at those forwards and say, go do that again. Yeah. Well, and and you you can't really pull a forward out of there and say you did not have a good game, except maybe Belmar. And Wilson isn't going to replace that in exactly. any way. So, like you yeah. got Belmar for a very specific set of skills and Wilson can't replace those. Yep. All right. Final question. Way too early random predictions. JT asks... What are the chances Miko outscores Nate this year? Uh, I don't know what chances means. Uh, do you want like odds. a percentage or do yeah, we want give me like, a percent? Give me a percent. Odds? I don't know. Let's say 30%. 30% like that low. I think it's, I think it's possible, but so much of what they do runs through Mac. I'd give him a 60, 40. Him being the 40. Okay. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm, Okay, we're we're. I'm not gonna say we're splitting hairs because we're ten percent apart, but I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, Miko led the league for like the first half of last season, so yeah, he's he did totally capable of it. Absolutely. Um, I I just think that we're going to see a different McKinnon. I mean, McKinnon was not the story of last night, and he had seven shots on goal and an right. assist. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And I think that's the McKinnon we're going to see this year is even on the nights where he's not like, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. He's still going to find his way to points. All right. I mean, that's the way to do it. If you want to win the heart trophy. Right. Consistency. Yep. I mean, if he just gets points in all 82 games, I mean, he should be fine. 
Oh, 80, yeah. 81 to go. 82 game point streak. If he doesn't win the heart, we got a problem. <laughs> Even if what if what if he had 82 game just 82 points? He only had in one point in games. every game. Man, that would be wild. What do you do with that? There's literally no way you can be more consistent than that. How many of them are like primary and, and you'd have <laughs> to get into the weeds on that one? I don't know. I Look, as one game one of the season, all smiles at this point. Game two tomorrow night against the arch enemy. You could have mm-hmm. beat down the flames, even though the scoreboard doesn't didn't show it. It's time for the scoreboard to show it tomorrow night. Uh, Yeah. And especially I watched a lot of that Minnesota Nashville game. Yeah. And uh, Minnesota had no business being in that game. They were getting absolutely worked. And if my idea that the Avs can hang with Nashville is true, then they should probably treat Minnesota the same way. Yeah, there you go. Minnesota's the ragdoll of the Central Division. Avs go out there and beat it up. That's going to do it for our Friday show. Appreciate everyone listening as always. At the very latest, we will be back on Monday. Not sure if that'll be our live show next week or or a different one, but we're going to try and do one of those live video shows every week for you. Hopefully the audio will be sorted out next time. But we always appreciate you being around, and you will hear from us on Monday at the latest.